I'm Andy Viano, a staff writer at the Flathead Beacon, and today is Monday, March 30th. This is the Beacon's daily update on the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, and its impact on the Flathead Valley. This podcast and all of the Beacon's coverage is available free, in print and online, and made possible by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members contribute as little as $5 per month, and in addition to supporting our work, they receive bonus perks as well. Find out more or join today at beaconeditorsclub.com. Today, you'll hear my conversation with Linda Ang Grady, the president of the Whitefish Community Foundation, on the group's efforts thus far to support local individuals, families, and businesses during the outbreak using some of the foundation's own assets and community contributions. Later in the show, I'll get you caught up on the latest news on COVID-19 from over the weekend, and we'll update the state and local case totals which continue to rise. First, here's Linda Angrady of the Whitefish Community Foundation. We start with an explanation of the foundation's emergency relief fund established to battle the coronavirus. We started the Community Emergency Response Fund, and originally, of course, it was more of a preemptive step to try and be prepared for what we're exactly seeing now is uh, the increased need from our community and surrounding communities for assistance. And we originally started it with $150,000 from the Community Foundation's grant reserves. And then others have given to this fund to build it up. But we've also dispersed uh, over $95,000 out of the fund so far, right at the beginning. You know, most of the the focus was on food when we first um, started it. But we are seeing there's all kinds of needs going on. And... We're slowly trying to adapt to those other needs in the area um, as we can legally with the funds that we're able to grant. They are uh, designed to be rapidly distributed, so we have a very short grant process online, literally a couple of questions and um, asking for the amount you're looking for because a lot of the organizations we're working with are organizations we know, we've vetted them already. We know what their finances are, and so we're able to distribute uh, quickly to them. But we have also started a new program. You might have just heard about that. We helped the Whitefish Housing Authority establish their emergency rental assistance program. And we anticipated there may be a need there. That's uh, a scary one to get into, of course, because that's a very large category. And we may have lots of grant dollars, but we're not that big. So we've... They've luckily started that as a small microgrant program, and uh, I think we've got close to $50,000 so far in that reserve for them to start with. The housing authority put their own funds in, and other donors have put their money in, and they're working with people who are uh, strapped right now, were laid off, their um, unemployment hasn't come back in yet, and so they're um, uh, able to get a little bit of assistance And what we're hoping also on that is that the landlords for uh, these workers will also work with them in order to come down on their rent to help uh, give them assistance that way. To stay on that for just a moment, I know all of this stuff is evolving really quickly, but do do you or does the housing authority, have they shared with you any sense for just how large that need is, how many people, how many families they think are going to need rental assistance. And uh, you mentioned it's it's a lot of dollars that would be needed. Do you have any broad numbers that, uh, that you can share? 
I don't. I mean, if you're looking at maximum grant of three hundred dollars a, a you know a person or fifty percent of their rent, but only maxed at three hundred, and you know with fifty thousand dollars, they're only um, just a few less than two hundred that they can um, respond to right now. So you know we've got a. I know we've got a bigger need than that with all of the restaurants that have had to lay off their staffs around here and. You know, Whitefish itself, you know, that doesn't even include the surrounding communities. We were, we have a lot of restaurants and, um, you know, these are, these are individuals that, you know, they're not just seasonal people, they're, they're career servers and, you know, they're in a, in a bind right now. And so hopefully more people will give in that and uh, we'll be able to, you know, respond to a lot more than what we think uh, we can right now. Bottom line is we're, you know, we're dealing with a disaster here, just as we would be dealing with any kind of a fire, tornado, hurricane, or anything else. This is a disaster situation, and it's affected all of our businesses. And so we're trying to, uh, I said, unfortunately, a bit of a learning curve for all of us because we really haven't had to deal with a, a, a local major disaster like this. And so how and what else can we do? What other resources can we throw at, throw at it? That's, a, that's the big question. You said the initial focus of that was food. I'm imagining that's food banks and, and other places that provide food to those in need. Is that correct? And I guess where else have you been able to, to send money in the last few weeks? Yes. So uh, food is the main focus because if people have access to food and good food and uh, they're not, you know, worrying about how they're going to feed their family, then hopefully, you know, with their reserve funds, they will be able to pay their mortgage or their rent, things like that. The food banks locally have, they've had to uh, change their ways, um, going to curbside pickup. They have been stressed with staff trying to manage things, but at the same time, they're, they're expanding to try and answer the call. But at the same time, these food banks are no longer receiving the non-perishables that the grocery stores can contribute over to them. So they're, uh, they've turned around to purchasing food. So they're bringing in food from the Montana Food Bank Network. We distributed a $20,000 grant to the Flathead Food Bank and the uh, North Valley Food Bank together so they could bring in this semi-load of non-perishables. The Flathead Food Bank is uh, acting as a hub for a lot of the other food banks. And so they can come and um, receive um, food from, from those stores to for their back stock. So we're hoping that, that we can continue keeping that stock. We also uh, gave another $10,000 in addition to that to the Flyhead Food Bank in order to help them expand their backpack program for kids. And they're working with the HEART program and several others to supply them with those weekly food bags uh, that the kids were able to get um, when they were in school. Schools are still, of course, working with kids to have that free lunch, so that's good. And the backpacks can go home with the kids on a weekly basis, so they have that food at home as well. And, um, and then we gave a, uh, you may have heard about the, the restaurant assistance program, and that one is, uh, we're hoping to expand it further, but the couple of local restaurants got this started, and, you know, the restaurants, they're basically practically out of business right now. So they are um, helping the food banks by making healthy meals for families. They, um, on a weekly basis, have come forward with a, a number of restaurants contributing to the North Valley Food Bank, and the North Valley Food Bank is distributing those ready-made meals to their, um, their different stakeholders that are coming in for resources right now. And we're looking at trying to possibly expand that out to um, the other food banks um, if we can uh, make that work for them as well, because again, 
the restaurants, they need help and they're trying to help. And so uh, if they turn around and make these meals, then the, if we give the grant funds to the food banks, they can turn around and pay the wholesale cost for that meal and help the restaurant in turn stay somewhat afloat or at least pay for the lights. And then um, these meals are being given to families in need and it's, they're great, nice meals. And so that's, you know, it's really something that we can do for the community. If someone is listening to this and, and their business is struggling or they've been laid off or, or they're, you know, looking for a source of food, where, where do they go and, and sort of how are, are your funds getting, even if indirectly, to those people or those businesses? Well, right now the, the focus is the food bank. So we do grant to the food bank and the food banks are then turning around and giving the food and, um, you know, other items that are needed um, to the families and individuals. And they've expanded their hours on uh, many of them. And there's the North Valley Food Bank. There's Flathead Food Bank. Those are open um, uh, and expanded hours on Wednesdays and Thursdays. We've also got the Columbia Falls Food Bank, which is opened up in the afternoons on Mondays and Tuesdays. And, and then there's the Veterans Food Pantry, the Northwest Montana Veterans Food Pantry over in Evergreen. And I believe they're open on distributions almost every day. So those are all different places one can go to get food and resources. Um, so that's just step one. I think that's the problem right now is that we're trying to see how else we can help families beyond what we are doing and what monies are available to go out. So um, as we continue to you know, unfold with this disaster, we'll see what else we can do as trying to help this community uh, uh, get through this. How has the response been from your donors, from, from the folks that you've reached out to? I know this is, a, you know, a bad economy is a bad economy for everybody. So I'm, I'm curious what, uh, what you've seen in the response from, from the people who help, uh, help fund you and your organization. Uh, they are really responding to this um, emergency, I have to say. Even though, you know, our basic, our market's falling out from under us at the moment, um, I, we've all got faith that we'll turn this around. But right now, they're not looking at that. They're not worried about what they've lost. They're stepping forward and contributing. And they're all just very, very worried about their neighbors, their local businesses. They want everything to continue when we're done with this. We still want to see these businesses come back. And so people really are stepping forward. The donors are being very, very generous. They're answering the call, and what we're going to try and do is make sure that we're distributing it to the best of our ability to make the biggest impact. To make a contribution to the Whitefish Community Foundation or to find out more about all of their programs, visit whitefishcommunityfoundation.org or call 406-863-1781. Again, that's whitefishcommunityfoundation.org. And my thanks to Linda Ang Grady for joining the show. Here's the latest news on the novel coronavirus COVID-19 as of 5 p.m. on Monday, March 30th. There are now 177 confirmed cases of coronavirus in Montana, 56 more than at the end of the day Friday. The state has now also suffered four confirmed deaths, including two people in Toole County and another in Madison County. The state's first death, that of a 77-year-old Lincoln County man, was reported last week. 
Meanwhile, in Flathead County, there are nine confirmed cases of the coronavirus, and the Missoulian reported that Missoula County officials have detected community spread in that county and expect the number of cases there to increase rapidly from the current total of 12. Community spread has already been reported in Gallatin County, which has the state's largest load of COVID-19 cases with 69. Elsewhere, Flathead County officials agreed to conduct the upcoming June 2nd primary using mail-only ballots. Ballots will be sent to all registered voters, more than 68,000 so far, on May 8th, and mail-in registration will be extended through May 26th. Voters can register for a mail ballot online at flathead.mt.gov election. Finally, data gathered by the Montana Free Press indicates that vacation rentals in the Flathead Valley have been extremely popular this month. In Whitefish, short-term rental revenue is up 92% year-over-year in March, and the increase is nearly as high across the state, despite tourism officials' pleas to visitors to stay home. Late Monday, Governor Steve Bullock directed travelers arriving here from out of state to self-quarantine for 14 days. In a press release, Bullock said, quote, While we love our visitors, we would ask that you not come visit while Montanans are watching out for one another by staying at home. For more information on these and other stories, visit flatheadbeacon.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.